I was just like in college and then was like, oh, digital art. And then a year later, all these people are so interested in it. And then like, I'm actually doing this for my job, which is crazy awesome. And now I'm making a cartoon, have no clue, like next steps, but I know it'll work out because it always does. What's going on, guys? My name is Adil Constantine, and this is the Process Mindset Podcast, a podcast where we talk about what it takes to get stuff done in hopes that will motivate you to get your stuff done and your projects done. And I'm here with my co-host, Genki Hagata. What's up, Genki? Not much. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> Not a whole lot. Uh, today, we have a special guest. She is a talented illustrator and digital artist. She's worked with some of the big names out there, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Gary V, Tim Cook, Jay Shetty, and many more. She is documenting her journey, creating her own cartoon. So she doesn't only talks the talk, but she also walks the walk. Please help me welcome the lovely Summer Silvery. What's up, Summer? Oh, wow, that is a really good intro. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> It's so good to be on this, finally. I know, I know. We kind of started the conversation on this a while back, and just glad that we finally got you here, Uh, even though we went through some technical difficulties. But hey, you're here, and we're recording, and we're very glad to have you on. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to get things rolling. Let's do this. <laughs> um, so let's go ahead and start by uh, kind of giving us a, a quick summary about you and maybe a little bit about your background um, and how you got to where you are today. Okay. Um, so basically, I was that typical college student. I was in college for four and a half years, actually, and I was miserable. I wasn't happy. I kind of just wanted to stay there because I I didn't want to graduate because I didn't know what I was going to do after. So um, I kind of took a leap of faith and applied to an entrepreneurial school in Silicon Valley, got accepted. And once I got accepted, I dropped out of college and I flew to Silicon Valley from Ohio. Never gone anywhere before by myself. So that was a big, a big shift. And um, I learned about entrepreneurship and I learned how to kind of think outside the box, which kind of gave me that push into digital art and illustrating. Um, I've always kind of drawn and doodled and stuff in school to help me focus, but I never thought I could turn it into a job. Um, And then like it's been three years now and I've been doing digital art and illustrating and it is my passion. I am in love with it. I do it all the time, every day. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's that's sort of like a quick version of how it all came about and how I got to where I am today. I have a quick question on, you said entrepreneurial school, and I'm kind of curious because um, I think a lot of our listeners are people who kind of, you know, do their thing on their own, like side hustle, that type of thing. What was kind of the experience of going to a school that like taught you about entrepreneurship and um, like what are some key takeaways of something like that? Yeah. So I didn't know much about kind of like the guts of what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Um, I hear like I would hear people say like, I'm an entrepreneur, I have my own business. Blah, blah, blah. But like you think that's cool. But then what, what about the work that goes into it and all that stuff? So going from like kind of like an area in Ohio where people are just like, go to college, get married, have babies, do this, whatever. That's all you're doing. Um, well, that's like kind of like the, that invisible societal pressure. Um, that entrepreneurial school in Silicon Valley, um, it was called Draper University. 
And it basically taught you like for seven weeks straight, it was an immersion program. You cannot do things the way that society typically does them. Even if you're like playing a sport or a game or something, it had to be something completely different. And you also learned about, um, pit, like we created pitch decks and all this stuff and how to build a business, the basic business models and all that stuff and how to pitch it to investors and venture capitalists and stuff. The end of that, um, seven week immersion program, I got up and spoke in front of 150 venture capitalists and investors. And one of them was a billionaire, Tim Draper, and his father, which is one of the four founding fathers of venture capitalism in Silicon Valley. It was insane. It was intense. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. Yes, yeah, sounds, <laughs> sounds intense. Oh, my gosh. I was so nervous. You stand up in front of all those people, and that, to this day, will forever... Like, if I'm ever afraid or nervous of something, I'll be like, like, in my head, I'm like, okay, well, if I could do that, I can do anything. Absolutely. Talk about, like, stepping out of your comfort zone. So not only left everything behind you and went for the school, but also, like, the stuff that you guys had to do in there and trying to think outside the box and push your limits. um, Really, really, I guess that helps you to, you know, get going with your entrepreneurial life it's like you talk about like the side of entrepreneurship that's like all the hard work that people who you know we're talking about like claiming themselves as entrepreneurs without really putting in the hard work and also being an illustrator and that sort of thing Um, and I have a little bit of a background in kind of running my own freelance business and I found that like the the art practice to the business management balance got a little bit skewed towards business I was probably doing you know, in, in some cases, 80% business management and only 20% art creation. Are you finding that you have a better balance of that? Or is that like a struggle that I imagine you go through? Well, I feel like it's with the business side, because I'm not like, that's not my go to. That's not what I'm really, really good at. So I think kind of in a way, it's, that's more hard for me, just because that's not my, how, how do you say it? Like, that's not, the way that I think, I don't think like, I don't have a business mindset. I have like a creative creator, blah, 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 do all that stuff, blah, whatever. But I think I, in regards to the work, I think I, it's pretty balanced. I think. That's cool. So now the way I'm thinking, I'm looking at it. So you go to the school that they're teaching you all about entrepreneurial stuff and basically how to, I'm assuming like build your brand and, um, it seems like all of the things that you need to kind of get your business going. Um, but like, how did you figure out what your thing is? Like, how did you figure out digital illustration is your thing? Um, is that just because something that, you know, you're good at or Gosh, definitely not <laughs> because no, no, no. Um, so I would draw all the time in school and that was what I did all the time, that was like my escape. And it still is like my only escape where I can go and not think of anything else. And it's just kind of like a Zen for me. And I would take a dry erase board with me to college, legit in my backpack, and I would pull it out and just draw on it during lectures and just erase it and keep going. And I would get at that uh, school that I was at, they had like dry erase walls and I would be drawing all over them all the time, but then they would just get erased. And I'm like, for how much time I spend on this, like I should turn it into something, make something happen. 
which is what made me think of like turning to digital art. And, um, I've never gone to art school. I've never, like, I don't have a degree in it. I don't have any kind of education except what I've taught myself and being consistent with it all the time. So when I first got that, I would spend, I was still working, um, a, a normal job or like a nine to five. And, um, I would make time during the weekends, 30 hours a weekend, like not even exaggerating. And then 5am I'd be the first one at the coffee shop during the week. And then I would work until I had to go to work. And then after work, I'd go back to the coffee shop and work. So I have kind of learned these skill sets and stuff. And I wouldn't consider myself like amazing because I'm improving all the time, but yeah. That's awesome. It's just because it's one of those things where I know like a lot of people out there who <clears throat> let's say they watch Gary V and they're like, Ooh, I want to, I want to be just like him and, or like even they're starting their YouTube channel. But the thing is the one thing they struggle about the most is how to find their niche, how to find what they're good at. Um, which is why I was curious to, to ask you that and see, because that's something definitely I struggle with. Um, Especially since, you know, I like getting into a lot of things like, you know, I picked up a camera. I loved everything about the camera and I wanted to learn everything about photography and videography. Um, and when I was a kid, I, I music was my thing and I pick up instruments and wanted to figure out how to play them all the time. So I was always kind of like a uh, like to get myself into multiple things. So when it came to the time to, for me to like kind of actually focus on building my YouTube channel, building my brand and all that stuff. I was really struggling to figure out what to focus on. <laughs> yeah, that that's definitely, that's still, still a struggle. When I first started, I had no idea. The first app that I downloaded was like a symmetry app and I was just drawing mandalas and stuff and I didn't know what I was doing. But then I was like, okay, well, I literally have no credibility to my name. I only have high school and college jobs on my resume, which are like retail, customer service, stuff like that. So <laughs> how am I going to get people to take me seriously and like hire me? So that's when I decided to just focus in on one particular thing, which was making illustrations with a ton of brand name objects and stuff inside of it and tagging the crap out of them on social media, which has yes. given me the attention that I've gotten from people. Yeah, that's a good strategy. I, I did that in like 2000. I got the iPad Pro in 2016, like October 2016. In 2017, like the very beginning of the year, I was just cranking them out like every which way. I would look up magazines online. I would look up like big companies like Target and stuff because those are fun to make because you could just like put it, make a ton of illustrations inside of a Target like illustration because there's so many brands within there. Um, right. I mean, that's why Gary V, like everybody loves to draw Gary V's face and his shoes, but I drew his Gary V wall and that went up on his wall. He, put it up there. And it's cool. Cause like you kind of take, well, what I was trying to focus on was like making the illustrations meaningful as well. So like, not just like sticking brand names in there just for the hell of it, but also like making it have some kind of story attached. Was that a kind of a strategy that you had from the beginning? Like I, I need to make a name for myself, like you said, and that was something that you decided might work or that you had seen work somewhere else. So you decided to start doing those drawings with brand names or did that happen more organically? So basically I had a friend and his name is Logan Paul 
And it was about like it was before he became huge and like this big person. His name was Logan Paul. Um, he lived in Ohio, like OU and stuff. Um, and it was like 2014 or 15 or something like that. But anyways, I made him an illustration. It was a collage of because he did a 2016 year in review. It was like one of his best years he's ever had on social media. He was super positive, outgoing, killing it, doing a great job. So I made an illustration and that was like the first one that I've ever made with like a ton of stuff inside of it. And he had put that in his 2016 year in review video right at the beginning. It was like a kind of like a ton of my illustrations flying in. And I made him a cut like a hoodie and a onesie for some stuff coming up. It was like a vlog camera and all this stuff. And he stuck that in a, one of his vlogs and it was like six minutes he was talking about how we knew each other. Like I was like helping him in college when he, before he, he didn't have a car or anything. So I'd help him with his vines and all that, or drive him to places to make vines and crap like that. Um, nice. so that when I made that for him, that's when the idea sparked of like, okay, well, I can do this with brands and other public figures too. So then the next one was Gary V and he retweeted me and then I got business off of that and like a ton of people emailing me to make stuff for them. And then um, after that, I just kept doing other things like women's health and Pixar and like all these other things just to get attention and stuff rolling and moving and eyeballs on my stuff to get feedback. What about um, The Rock? How did you how did you get to do something for him? That was insane. So, um, like you hear everybody say, I'm sure you have to do like a ton of work for free. So like a ton of work, especially if you're like first starting out, even if you're not first starting out, like it's good to just whatever, but it has to make sense. Like there's gotta be a reason, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was making an illustration for The Rock, just like I was doing, like I did for Gary, just like I did for Logan and Lewis Howe and Jay Sheedy and all these people. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take all of his movies that he's ever done and I'm going to put like a, um, I'm going to put the date and when it happened. But then in the top left-hand corner, I'm going to put a quote that like kind of brings him back to his roots. And then it kind of goes and shows like all of the stuff he's done since that quote. And the quote had to do with having seven bucks in his pocket and stuff like that. And it's like the basis of it's like his whole foundation and why he has like the seven bucks production company and stuff like that. So I created that not knowing, like not knowing that he would ever see it. And two minutes after I'd posted on Twitter, he retweeted me. He followed me. He DM'd me the next day, like, a long ass thing saying how much he appreciated and all that stuff. He got to be in contact with his assistant to send it to his movie trailer in Vancouver. Um, he was on, he was on set to, um, on his, for his movie rampage. Uh-huh. And, um, I sent it to Vancouver and he had like taken a picture and sent it to me of it, like hanging up in his movie trailer. I was like, what the wow. hell? This was like a year, a year after I started doing illustrating. That is awesome. That says a lot. I mean, I mean, that's, that's a huge what endorsement. An honor. That's such like a compliment because I feel like, I mean, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but a lot of the times you're kind of just like, well, <laughs> I hope I'm doing it right or whatever. Cause you kind of just, <laughs> it. 
path and just you wonder, okay, is it working? Do people like this? Do I, mm-hmm. should I keep doing this? Cause I really love it, but is, I don't know if it's working. And then stuff like that happens and it makes all the kind of like the failures and stuff just not even matter. This is why we put ourselves out there and do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely not alone in that. And I think, (laughs) I think that that success moment comes for people at different times, right? Like one year for you, it might be three weeks for somebody lucky, or it might be, you know, five or six years for somebody else. And it's just like perseverance until you finally get that. Exactly. Just got to put in the work. That's it. Oh, I love putting in the work. Um, all right, so now let's shift to something that I'm very interested in, and I've been like watching you closely um, with your journey of creating the spills. So, give us a little bit of background about the spills, how this idea came around, and why you're doing it. Oh, I would love to talk about it. I'm so excited. Okay, so I've always wanted to create a cartoon since I can remember, and I am. I think I'm most excited for it because I'm doing it in such a non-traditional way, like in literally in a way that doesn't even make sense. But I'm excited for it because I'm I can't wait for it to work. Um, so I decided to create a cartoon that was bright and happy and cheery and all full of mistakes and accidents. And I was sitting at Starbucks. Shocker. And, um, I'm always there and Me too. thanks to you <laughs> literally yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, it's like all every day on your Instagram story, I think is, is you get rolling into the Starbucks. Yeah. I'm there for like eight hours. I don't know how they don't kick me out. Um, <laughs> I could have probably bought the place with how many copies I have, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> I was sitting at a Starbucks one day and I wanted to get back. Oh Yeah. Okay, so in January, I wanted to get back into YouTube, and I knew that I would not like be consistent in it or disciplined enough unless I was doing something that I really enjoyed, like really, really enjoyed. So I was like, I need to do something with my digital art, because if I do that, then I know I'm not going to like flake out on YouTube, because it's hard right. to be consistent. It's so hard. Um, so I was like, oh my gosh, I should document creating my own cartoon. And it's evolved over the past 17 weeks that I've done this. It's been 17 weeks already, which is crazy, but it's crazy to see, um, evolved, not like numbers and subscribers, but evolved in ideas and like just where my mind is going with it. It's just getting bigger and bigger, which is so awesome. Um, but the spills, it's just a group of 10 characters. They're called the spills and they are like characters that have actually come from spills of objects that humans drop all the time. And it's just basically a cartoon that's kind of displaying, making accidents out of like making something beautiful out of accidents. So like, what are, what are your plans and goals with that? So let's say you create it, you make it like, are you going to try to pitch it to some of the bigger production companies or? So I was thinking with this cartoon, because I'm obviously like on all my YouTube videos, I'm just creating the characters and the personalities and I'm creating the storylines and all this stuff. So I'm trying to make visuals of 
this stuff. So if I do talk to people about it, then they'll understand where I'm coming from because it's kind of hard to say, oh, these are the spills. There's 10 characters, but each of them have two personalities. And this is what the kitchen does. And this is what the fridge does and all these weird things. So um, I want to get other creative people involved that are like me and just wanting to like put yourself out there. So like voiceover people, instrumental music and like people that are in all these different worlds coming together and just kind of wanting to make it themselves as well, like starting out. And I want to like, I kind of want to pitch it like a couple scenes and stuff. And then I'm literally thinking, cause I always think, think big I want to literally get it on either Netflix, Hulu, or Apple TV Plus. Hell yeah, dude. Like, I, <laughs> and the way that my journey always works, because you know how, I mean, everyone knows kind of how their journey flows, sort of. But with me, I feel like when I go all in on something and I commit to it, if I, and I know I don't ever, like, I don't ever give up on it. So things will happen if I want them to, if I work my ass off enough for it. And I have the most random journey ever. It's crazy with like how things happen. I was just like in college and then was like, oh, digital art. And then a year later, all these people are so interested in it. And then like, I'm actually doing this for my job, which is crazy awesome. And now I'm making a cartoon, have no clue, like next steps, but I know it'll work out because it always does. Yes, it's it's that that believing in it. 100% with no doubt is what will make it happen. So like that being said, like that you have a a pretty large goal of getting this as a cartoon, but um, you know, like that's kind of down the road right now, as far as where you are right now, the first 17 weeks and, and creating characters and story and personalities, is that something that you've kind of outlined and you, you know, for the first, you know, 18, 20 months that that's what you're going to be working on or is is that something that just kind of comes along organically? And when that's, when that process is done, you'll kind of move on to. I think it just is going to happen naturally with what, I mean, whatever I put on my YouTube, it just, it kind of just depends. Cause I want to go throughout the whole how, wait, I don't want to go into detail because then people won't know what I'm talking about. I was about to talk about my videos, my previous videos, but, um, I want to just kind of illustrate as much as I can and take people along with me for the journey. And I want to document as much as possible, like every detail, try to with what I'm thinking and stuff like that, because it'll be so cool to look back on. But also, like, there's a lot of people that are really interested in the spills and they love watching the process. So I'm going to try to do as much as I can on YouTube, but also like in the background, like learn animation have people who know animation help me and stuff and like the first animated thing i'm gonna have is the intro with the spills moving and the like music and all that stuff but like i don't know enough about that kind of stuff to talk about it in on my youtube right now or anything um i hate talking about things i don't know that much of so the more i learn about it and get people involved with that kind of stuff the more it'll be on my youtube (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I love it. Um, that's awesome. And it, it was funny because we were talking about documenting your journey. That was actually the last episode that we recorded um, on this podcast. So I do want to ask you like 
to you, why is it so important to document your journey? I know you kind of briefly talked about it, but I would love to kind of get a little bit more in depth on that. I think it's so, I say this all the time too. Um, I think it's so important to document your journey because of how many people it can help. And with me, I don't have like an interesting life growing up. I was just a normal person going to college, had the boyfriend, had the job, full-time job, like all this stuff. And like, I was not happy. I was miserable and I was anxious and just lost and didn't like anything that was in my life, but I was grateful for it, but it made me feel guilty that I wasn't happy. So I think, and I know actually a lot of people can relate to that feeling. And when you document your journey, it helps you because people come and talk to you saying that, Oh my gosh, thank you so much, whatever. This has helped me. And if you help other people, it helps you for me at least. That's awesome. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. It always is the Did best you... thing when you can help people, right? Like when you know, yeah, you absolutely. Help people, Oh my gosh. It just, it just makes you feel really good. For sure. Um, so now I'm just curious. So it seemed because I always see you, you know, illustrating and drawing and all that stuff on your Instagram stories. Um, but like, what other things do you do outside of that? Like if you're not working on the bills or client work, um, like what's summer celebrity outside of that? Well, good question. <laughs> I, I'm usually sleeping. I wake up at like five and then I'll run, I'll go to the coffee shop from like 6.30 to 1 p.m. I'm working on stuff that like pays the bills. And then from one to whatever, I can do whatever I want, which is, I love that. But weekends I'm doing all the spills stuff. And awesome. I literally have no social life. I don't do anything. I just illustrate all the time. <laughs> so, like I just draw and then go to bed and then wake up and do it more. And it doesn't really like I, it doesn't affect me much because I love it so much, but then mother's day passed. And then like one of my friends just had a baby shower and like all these, like when I think about it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like all these people are doing all this stuff and I'm drawing <laughs> but I about it like that. I'm like doing it for my future. Yeah. You'll have plenty of time in the future. <laughs> Yeah, you're so in the zone, focus on your passion and all that, that sometimes just seems like the world is passing by and everybody like now having babies and all that stuff. I know, uh, but kind of like you said how you kind of go and jump all these different ways. Um, that's, I feel like that's how I am too. Like I, I love drawing and stuff, but like I want to illustrate a children's book so bad. I want to create a cartoon. Like I want to go speak like tomorrow I'm speaking for career day at an elementary school. And I'm so excited because I'm going to tell them awesome. to like create their own way and not just do it when people tell you to. And I have like Great. all this stuff to like pro um, activities and stuff for them. And I, I like, I want to do public speaking and stuff like that. So there's so many other things I'd like to do as well. So you touched on something, you touched on something I kind of want to, I can kind of relate and I'm kind of curious to see how you balance it. You said you work from like 6.30 to 1 on things that pay the bills or client work. Do you ever find it really hard to stop or start doing that client work because you're so invested in, in your own work? Like that's something that I struggle with all the time. 
starting is harder than stopping. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's sort of just like, oh my gosh, it depends because I am kind of whatever. I'm just going to be honest. I'm kind of one of those procrastinator people, unless it's with my own stuff. That sounds so bad. Mm-hmm. But, no, um, no, I'm the same way. I totally get it. <laughs> I feel like I do so much better under pressure, honestly. But um, it's definitely a lot harder to start because I get ideas rolling super early in the morning and I just want to just throw them out there and just start drawing and doing stuff. And then I'm like, oh, wait, shit. I gotta yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of the main reasons uh, why I got motivated to start working on my creative work early in the morning because it's something that I noticed. The way I had it, uh, I used to do it before is that I used to wake up, go to work. And then after that, when I got off, I'll come home, spend time with family. And then when everybody's asleep, I'll try to sit down and work on my creative work. But then I notice that by the time I get to that, it's my brain is like fried and I'm like super tired. And then so I was like, and I always usually get the good ideas, the creative ideas early in the morning when I wake up and I hate it. Like, I'm like, crap, I actually want to work on this right now. I don't want to go to work. Um, so that's <laughs> why I start like kind of shifting my, my hours around to do it in the morning. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, I'm the same way. Early morning person. Oh my but... gosh, I love the morning. It's just like barely any notifications. You can do your own thing and not be interrupted. Really, it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Get a head start on the day before everybody. It's for real. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, now your story is very inspiring, and um, it really not only motivates me. I'm sure it motivates a lot of people to to follow their passion and work on their what they love. Um, but I would like to get your advice to all the artists out there or the side hustlers um, that are like just busy with the mundane day-to-day stuff and the day job and like what would you say to them to follow you know to work on their passions or follow their passions or whatever um, I would completely 100% say have a plan <laughs> <laughs> like um, I don't know I feel like it's so easy to just be like, I want to, I want to do that, but you quit your job and then you have no direction because once you, once you have that 24 hours in your day to just figure out what to do, it's so handicapping at first. You're like, what the hell do I do? I have all this free time to do this stuff. Like, what do I do with it? And if you don't have a direction, you can get lost or you can get overwhelmed and then just tap out and go get another job. So definitely have a plan and definitely a hundred percent. It's got to be your passion because it is hard as hell. (laughs) Right. Even when you have a day job and you're trying to create in the mornings or evenings, like we were just talking about, if you don't have that plan, it becomes really hard to get to work when you sit down, right? Like you, you might be like, okay, this is the time to create. You sit at the computer and you're just, kind of sitting there doing nothing and you don't know what to do next you're like oh should I work on this should I work on that should I just watch YouTube for two hours right like having that having that plan kind of you know you might be really self-motivated but if you don't have a plan and you don't know what to work on you're going to end up wasting a lot of time and that only scales up like infinitely when you're working for yourself and and you're the only one managing your schedule for sure exactly and I think I would also say to the the artists and stuff that I always say this quote because it's 
it's going to stick with me forever. But no one is you. And that is your power. It's by Dave Grawl. I think that's how you say his last name, but it's so true. And that is something that has helped me so much, like to not focus on other people and what they're doing. Cause you can get so lost in other creatives looking at them and going, Oh, I can do this. Oh, I can draw that and blah, blah, blah. Instead of kind of like honing down and figuring out your own style and your own kind of like brand, I guess. Um, cause no one in the world knows what you're thinking. No one has your mind. No one knows your next move. No one is you. So just use that. So good. So good. <clears throat> Actually my, my, if you want to know my favorite quote is it says uh dedicate yourself to your vision no one else can see it as clearly as you by summer silvery i love it <laughs> thank you i thought you were gonna say dave girl <laughs> <laughs> no it's it, i i read it on your website when i went there earlier i was like ah oh, this is so good this is gold i so <laughs> random quirk about me is I have four different crew necks of four of my quotes on <laughs> necks because I write quotes to myself that I know I need to hear. And then I, I have to like put them on a shirt or something and wear them just to like motivate myself more. And I don't know. I just love having tangible things that are motivating, but that's so weird. I didn't realize I did that until like my fourth <laughs> neck and I'm like, Oh, wh Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I love, I love those crew necks. And I, I do that in a similar way where I'll give myself like, you know, temporary tattoos on my hand. So I see the same thing every single day, but I, I was gonna, I was gonna bring up the fact that you have a lot of tangible goods with your artwork on it. And I think that's really cool. Um, as someone who like, someone who like tries to make art sometimes, I, I'm very picky about what I have in my house and I'd rather spend, you know, six months making something that I made myself than like buy something at like cost plus. Yeah. Oh, I'm all about meaningful stuff. I don't wear any jewelry unless it means something. Um, I love wearing like shirts and stuff that have words and inspiring stuff on it. Um, I just love stories behind things and just inspiration in general. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure they're great conversation starters too. Like you go somewhere like, oh, that's a cool shirt, you know, and then they'll be like, oh, what's what's the story behind it? And then you can you can tell them, and that's when you plug in yourself. Hey, yep. <laughs> I, I have like a crew neck that says "F the fear and go for it," <laughs> nice. and it's like it's just a red crew neck, and I love that crew neck, and I wore it in one of my spills videos a couple videos ago, and someone actually commented on it. And they were like, well, they DM'd me and they're like, well, if this is going to be a kid's, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> you probably shouldn't have like the F in there, but it didn't say the word. It just said F the fear and go for it. Like on the sweatshirt, I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, well, it means face the fear. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a good oh, smart. one. <laughs> that's, that's something too, one. that becomes more challenging. I think as you become, uh, you know, more popular as an artist or on YouTube or more of a public figure, right? Is like, how much of you do you censor for the, the, you know, the larger audience versus, you know, how much you just put out there because it's your authentic self. Yeah. It's so hard on social media now when you're like, I think in general, I'm, I am never like, I'd never cuss or say anything negative really or anything. So that's not a problem for me. It's not like it's hard for me to censor myself, but like nowadays, if I were to be, I'm 26, I'll be 27 this year. And 
if I'm making this cartoon and then all of a sudden it blows up and all of these children are watching my cartoon and they are looking up to me as like a role model and stuff. Do I say like shit on my Twitter? You know, like S H I T. Do I spell it? Okay. Oh my gosh, I don't know. Like, because people look at you totally differently and think you're a fake person. Um, yeah. Just in general, I think that's kind of like how social media is. I wanted to circle back just really quick um, when we're talking about you know uh, inspiring young entrepreneurs or young artists, especially kids who are in that you know, 15, 16 age, and they're starting to think about going to college as someone who did four years of college and then also entrepreneur school. Like, where do you find the, like, I don't know how to say it, but like as a student considering college, when do you, where do you find that line of like, should I go to college or should I not go to college? Like, where's the benefit and is it right for me type of a thing? Mm -hmm. I think for everyone, you kind of have to go through it to understand it your own way. So if someone is thinking about college, like maybe try a semester. And if you don't like it, then like take a semester off and figure it out. I, I took four and a half years and there was semesters I'd take off and I like would work and then go back. And cause I had to pay for my college and I am like in debt like a lot of debt and I don't even have a degree. So I, I wouldn't wait as long as I did to figure it out. But I definitely 100% think that college is taught in one way. Like you study books and you take tests and you do that. That is not the way that I learned. I actually hated learning so much when I was in college because I felt dumb and that made me like, I, I just didn't like, I just thought it was dumb. And then when I taught myself a different way of learning and kind of that entrepreneurial school, more hands-on thinking outside the box, more creative, blah, 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 fit me more. Um, I felt good about learning and I learned to love to learn. So it's different for everybody. I think depending on how you learn things. Um, but if you feel like it's not right for you, then you can always change. That's, that's great advice. I think so much like in that specific conversation about college versus no college everyone's either black and white no college or college and no one really ever responds with just try it right <laughs> um for for me it was the opposite in high school it was that very much like you described like memorize something take a test like i didn't enjoy learning in high school but i went to art school and i chose my major and like kind of jumped around until i found the major that like I got to do what I wanted to do, which was create art. So yeah, that's, for me, that's it kind awesome of works too. It. Yeah, I think it definitely depends on on the field that you want to get into and what you're really, you know, passionate about. You know, because I mean, <clears throat> I don't want a doctor who doesn't go to college, <laughs> you know, for their degree. Um, but it's it's a very interesting conversation, and um, there's a lot of mixed views on that. I had a blast having you, Summer, uh, on our podcast. It was so fun to finally like hear it from you, uh, basically your story and um, all the projects that you worked on. And it's been super fun to have you on this podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so happy I finally got to hop on here and chat with you guys. Yes, absolutely. Now, can you let our listeners know where to find you? Yes, you can find me on 
pretty much every social media platform under Summer Silvery. So summer like the season and silvery like the color. Silver with a Y at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. Thank you so much. Just thank, thank you so much for coming by. <laughs> well, that does it for this episode of the Process Mindset Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. If you found this podcast enjoyable or valuable in any way, please share it with a friend. And if you happen to be on your phone noodling around or on your computer somewhere near iTunes, do us a favor and please drop us a review in iTunes. It really helps us out and helps other people find our podcast. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Process Mindset, and you can find Adil on both those and all those platforms at Adil Constantine, and you can find me at Genki Hagata. Until next time, enjoy the process. <laughs>